Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The sometimes dumb, sometimes annoying, but always ridiculous show. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you uh, slightly recorded because I'm on the road doing pipe show stuff. But more about that in a little bit. Uh, In the meantime, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to the show. So if you're not, go ahead and turn it off now. All right, there you go. In uh, this week's show, in Pipe Parts, we have a Ask the Pipe Maker segment with Jeff Grasick. And then my guests, guests, I said two, yes, two, are uh, Flat Cap Piper and Lady Fire. Both of the Flat Cap Piper YouTube channel had a lot of fun getting to sit down and talk to them. And it's always fun when, uh, when I get a lady on the show. Uh, plus music, mailbag, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right. Uh, we are less than uh, less than two months away from the uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. Remember, go online and register. Pay your admission there. Every admission paid before September 21st gets entered into a drawing for one of two artisan-made pipe sets. One's a two-pipe set. The other one's four pipes. And those are donated by uh, David Dorian Ross at the Virtual Pipe Club. So thank you to him. And again, the only way you get entered into the drawings for those is to go on to VegasPipeShow.com and pay your admission there by September 21st. Uh, plus, you'll see a whole lot of other details about it. So uh, hope you're not hope you're not getting too tired of hearing about the upcoming pipe show. But <laughs> that's been occupying a lot of my time lately. So, and I'm, I'm getting excited for it. I am. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hope to see a lot of you there, but we got a big show. So let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for a segment of Ask the Pipe Maker is the pipe maker and male centerfold model jeff grasick of j allen pipes jeff welcome back (laughs) hey how how you doing brian i wanted to see if you were listening while i was doing the intro again Uh, yeah well i am now (laughs) okay apparently jeff is listening so uh jeff here's your question and this comes from uh from gotham who lives in jackson wyoming and i think i've talked to him via email and he's been over in asia so Uh, This is a worldwide question. All right, let's hear from Gotham. Does briar from one region differ much from briar grown in another region? Does Jeff only source from a specific region because he is trying to isolate for something unique to a given region? And I, I think we've covered this or talked about it before, but uh, in reality. I mean, can you really tell the different regions when you're just looking at the wood and smelling it and, and licking it to see if there's grain on it? Uh, in looking at the wood, you would be really hard-pressed to... I, 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 I suspect there's not a pipe maker in the world who could look at a piece of briar 
um, at arm's length until where it's from. Uh, we do get some indications where it's from, but that it's it's large or by appearance rather, uh, and that's largely because of the size and shape of the blocks mm -hmm. and um, what they look like, which would suggest that it comes from a particular cutter or a particular briar mill. Um, but that's not really what he's asking there. Um, he's asking like, do they have my, at least as I take it, what he's asking is, are there characteristics of uh, whether it's grain or smoking qualities, um, that are, are indigenous to briar from a, uh, or from briar from a particular region. Um, and gosh, I mean, I really want to say yes. Uh, I want to say yes, because it is one of those things that has been part of pipe lore for <laughs> so long. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, and I'm no historian, but as I understand it, um, this may have begun um, with Dunhill, or at least Dunhill was part of this story in promoting Algerian briar. And Algerian briar, they said, was sweeter smoking and uh, had all of these really positive characteristics. To my mind, and again, I'm not a historian, but what I've gathered in talking to not only Dunhill pipe experts, but people who have visited the factory and spoken with them, or uh, some of the people who I know who have produced for them through the years, um, that it, Algerian briar was selected because all of the other briar or pipe making companies had they were using all of the the briar production from from Italy everywhere and, else <laughs> from everywhere else yeah. yeah and so hey there was there was a supplier in Algeria let's we can get briar from them so let's use it and then they developed this oil curing method because the briar wasn't coming in well cured it was coming in very wet and the oil curing helped drive out the tannins that were still in there. Now, all of the briar that we get today, the briar that I use at least, that's you know very high quality, has been boiled to a very different standard yeah. than what I gather was used um, by the cutters in Algeria at that time. So something like oil curing is, uh, it's redundant at, at best and really just un unnecessary. So so that brings up a different, a different kind of, question for this because i know that the uh the dunhill shell briars were the ones that they did the algerian and and mm -hmm. you can tell there's no ring grains to them whatsoever some of them are you know they look like the surface of the moon uh mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. that was probably through the curing process and of course dunhill made it famous well, so it's a little pt barnum if you ask me <laughs> but <laughs> well, uh, it's not only in the curing process, but that finish that they were getting was also because of the sandblasting technology that yeah. they were using. So what what media were they using? What size was the media? What was the pressure that they were using? Um, if I was just speaking with someone recently about this, having visited Denmark and seen the sandblasting device, sandblasting machine that Stanwell used, uh, which is now owned by um, uh, Peter Jeppesen, who uh, owns Nirup pipes. Yeah. He still uses the same thing. It is the only sandblaster I've ever seen that has its own small staircase to get up to the blasting station. <laughs> it, yeah. it is a large device. And if you come to my workshop and the workshops of most pipe makers, individual pipe makers around the world, you'll find you know, a relatively small box with a window in it and to you, the holes that you put your hands in and there are gloves on the inside and there's a, there's a gun and pressurized air goes through the gun and you pull the trigger and it, it allows the air to move through and suck the, the sandblasting media through at your pipe. Yeah. And when you're but not using this, it, to, when you're not using it to sandblast pipes, you're using it as a incubator for dinosaur eggs or something. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's how we make the real money here yeah. in the pipe making right. industry. Um, but for this, this sandblast or this, uh, Stanwell sandblasting apparatus, it is very different. There is a fixed sandblasting nozzle on the top of the sandblaster and it shoots straight down at a constant pressure all the time. And you just pick up the pipe and manipulate it underneath the stream of sandblasting media. And, and it's really powerful. And, uh, I mean, you could blast away a pipe pretty quickly with that. So it works really, really fast. Um, so that's just like an indication of like the variations between what I do and what Stanwell did. I don't know what Dunhill did. They could have used that. They could have used what's called like a tumble blaster, yeah. which is a 
kind of a hybrid of the two. And it's a basket that uh, they put multiple stumbles in and it just rotates and turns the pipes over underneath that fixed nozzle and it will uh, slowly sandblast all of those pipes, uh, hopefully evenly in I've the actually, process. I've actually seen one of those and it looks like a big washing machine or a, mm -hmm. or a, or a rock tumbler. Yeah, was this yeah. Uh, the K. Woody one? Can't tell you. Can't oh, okay. tell you. Be okay. sworn to secrecy. But so when you're, but when you're selecting, you're not looking for a specific region of briar, say for when you're making a J. Allen sandblast versus a J. Allen smooth. Uh, to you, it's more important that you're getting good quality wood from your cutter, and right, you're not you're not so concerned about you know, region and this one sandblast better. This one's going to taste, you know, oh, this guy likes sweeter pipes. I'll yeah. Make, you know, let me now I have, I have customers who, um, have, and I'm, I won't dispute their opinions on this, mm -hmm. but they, they, their claim, they claim that their palates prefer pipes from Grecian wood or from Italian wood or whatever. And so for those individuals, I'll make pipes from those regions for them. Uh, I have no personal experience that would support that, but also, it, you know, I can't say that their experience is inaccurate. So um, I'm not going to argue with their preferences, rather. No. Um, but when I am looking to make a pipe, to answer your question more directly, to, when, when I'm looking to make a particular pipe, whether it's a sandblast or a smooth, you're right. I just look through my briar and try to find one with the grain orientation in the proper direction. Uh, as a maker, I'm purchasing briar that is good briar. And that's all I'm looking for is the best quality briar that I can get. Yeah. Nice grain structure, nice um, uh, um uh, growth rings and ideally uh, really tight grain and cured well so that you don't and, have to uh, yes yeah that's absolutely mm -hmm. and, and then you have to I, I would also imagine that because you're because you make so many different shapes you're mm -hmm. also focused on blocks that are the proper sizes to make the different shapes that you make because you know, not everything's going to throw a lumberman or a canadian out yeah exactly exactly so you want a nice variety um, in your workshop, I keep, uh, anywhere between, oh, I would say four to six years worth of briar, like of, of my annual production in briar here in my workshop. And then I'm buying at least a year's worth every year. Yeah. Um, early on when I started out, that was, I just invested by buying, uh, like 150% or more of what I would use in a year right. and built up a supply that way. Um, and that's what I encourage other people who are starting out and are making a real go of it. Like that's, that's a good strategy. At least it worked for me. That's the same, the same thing I tell pipe smokers about building up your, uh, your tobacco cellars. If you find something you like buy three smoke two. or, well, and I say the same thing for, uh, people who are collecting pipes. Uh, you know, you can only smoke one pipe at a time, but you need at least 150 others in, in backup just in case. Well, I'm going to record that part and play that for my wife when she's falling asleep at night. So, <laughs> uh, Jeff, I think that answered it. And uh, thank you very much. Absolutely. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is a, 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 a I guess you two are a couple, because we see you a lot together. But you, 
Right. How yeah. could you tell? Yeah. But from from YouTube, the YouTube channel, the Flat Cap Piper, is the Flat Cap Piper and Lady Fire. Welcome both to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you for having us, Brian. Yes, we are happy to be here. All right. So... Uh, uh, first of all, anytime I get to hear a lady's voice on the show, I just get so excited because um, it's. Well, that's good. I'm <laughs> yeah. Get many lady interviews. Not many. Not many in the uh, not many in the pipe smoking world. But uh, first of all, all right, which one of you was the first one to start getting interested in pipes? Oh, that would be me. Aha! Uh-huh. Bad influence. So. <laughs> yep. It was not my idea. <laughs> so how did it uh, how did it happen? What what got you started? Well, actually, started way way when I was a, a little kid. I always loved the smell of of pipe, of pipe tobacco, and and you know, anytime anybody smoked a pipe, I always said I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a pipe pipe smoker one day. But I played sports all my life, and I knew that I you know that wasn't gonna go with it. Um, so I waited and I always said, you know, when I'm 50 years old, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start pipe smoking. Um, I actually started in my forties, so I, I kind of, I didn't wait that long, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I, I, uh, I always loved it. And to this, one of the main things that attracts me to it is just the smell of pipe tobacco. I just want find it wonderful. Now, um, based on your accent, I'm assuming you're of Latin American heritage. Yes, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um, so, and uh, 13, I, I moved to Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee. And uh, from there, Florida. And then I went in the Navy, went back around the world, back to Florida, back to Alabama, and back to Florida. That's pretty much been my, my journey. I, I I have to ask, as a 13-year-old going from Puerto Rico to Johnson City, Tennessee, uh, about, about 30-something years ago, uh, oh, yeah. that had to be a bit of a difference. Uh, well, that was, that was, that's a story in itself, for sure. Uh, people there in Tennessee, at least in the little town, they had no idea what Puerto Rico was at all. And uh, and I thought I knew English because in Puerto Rico you learn English in school. But when I went to Tennessee, <laughs> I know English for sure. <laughs> it was a different English. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm kind I'm guessing some of them boys and some some of them boys down there in the holler looked at said what the, what the heck are these Mexicans doing here? How'd they find us? <laughs> exactly. It was it was kind of tough. But you know what? Um, I have to say they were. They were very nice. Um, the people in Johnson City, Tennessee, were very nice. Yeah. I was surprised. They were very welcoming. Our neighbors were very welcoming. And overall, I always have a good impression about uh, people in Tennessee. That I always had uh, great, great experiences and great friends. So, all in all, it was actually a, a great, a great transition. <laughs> but what a shocker! Um, yeah. What did you think the first time you saw snow? Oh, yeah, we actually, it was, I think, 1984 uh, when we moved there. And there was some kind of big snow thing that happened all the way half up the house, you know, on the side of the wall. So that was great. Oh, yeah, that was my first experience, and I we loved it. We would actually call for it as much as we could, and it was the first experience being out of school because of something, you know, because of snow. So that was kind of cool being a kid. We wanted snow so that we would be out of school. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather live in Puerto Rico, but I live in the South so I can pick on the South. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So let, let, let's get back to pipe smoking. So you had, yeah, you, you always liked the smell of pipes, but yet you held off until you were, uh, <laughs> until you were old enough. Um, were, uh, were you and, uh, uh, I'm assuming you and, you and the lady fire were together when you decided you were going to start smoking a pipe? Yes. Yes. I actually started a little bit before that. And then of course, once I met her, I kind of introduced her to it and, and she, uh, she was wonderful from the start. 
I remember she even built me a little place in her in her house. At that time, we had two different households, and it was like my pipe little corner and the nook. Yeah, I did, even did some videos there because she just. I mean, one day I came and she had it all set up for me. So that was. Uh, I knew she was a keeper from the beginning. <laughs> He's lying. He. <laughs> Because as he laid his eyes on me, I was a keeper. So don't be. <laughs> well, you know how you can tell when a man is lying. I know. His lips are moving. <laughs> he got all red. <laughs> yeah. All right. So from a lady, from a lady's perspective, what did you think of him with his with his pipe and all this pipe smoking stuff? Well, when he talked to me about it, um, I was. I did not know how deep and how serious he was about this. Uh, I was just kind of listening to him. And um, I have to say, I was a smoker for years and years uh, before. Uh, and um, I, so it was not a very big uh, transition, I would say, mm -hmm. between the smoking, smoking a cigarette. So I, I was able to... The only problem was that I was trying to inhale, and that that was that was a problem. And he kept saying, "You cannot do that, um, not with this." And but I I picked up really quick, and I have to say that I have to agree with him. I went yesterday or the other day when we went to that shop that we did a video on. Um, the first thing that when I opened the door was like, "Oh my God!" Was the smell was delicious. Um, not this when they were smoking it, but the um, the blends that they had there. It was very, very aromatic. Yeah, just the just the aroma in the air was just. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So their uh, flat cap. What was your first pipe? Do you remember it? Yes, actually, I bought like a, what you would call a basket pipe from mm -hmm. Amazon. It was one of those kind of. Uh, little kits that you had uh, and and you know right away I said you know this is the time and, and I bought that so that was my first pipe and uh, then I went to a B&M and I bought my first real you know brand pipe uh, was um, was an Italian pipe I'm blanking out on it but I remember in a little bit uh, what 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 the name of that was and of course you know having a nice pipe made a big difference and Ever since then, I just, you know, was smoking that other one, the, the, the expensive pipe. Um, yeah, those were my first first pipes for sure. And did you did you spend time trying different tobaccos and working your way around the different tobaccos? Yeah, I, the, the first uh, one I went to that, it was actually a, uh, a B&M uh, uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. And I just asked them there, say, hey, tell me what are some of your most purchased tobacco here? And and I just started with that, a sample. Uh, they were they were all aromatics. Um, he didn't give me anything that was not an aromatic. Um, and so I started with, with the with your very popular Lane One Q. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's for sure one of the first ones I tried. And uh, and then it was I just Opened the world from there. I started doing all the research and and getting as many different types as I could, so I could find out what was my favorite. And now for the for the uh, lady fire, did you start her out on a decent pipe, or did you make her suffer through the basket pipe from Amazon? No, right away. You know, uh, of course, she, at first she just she would just grab my pipes, the ones that she liked the best. <laughs> yeah. And then when I saw that happen too often, then I started getting her her own to see what. You know what she liked best, and then she, you know, like now she has her own little pipes that she uh, that she enjoys. But um, I forgot. I I think I tried it on something like uh, like an old Toby or something like that. Those were my training wheels. Yeah, those were your training <laughs> wheels. Yeah. yeah, something that was aromatic but not super super uh, overpowered. We are going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, the Flat Cap Piper and Lady Fire. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. 
It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Lady Fire and Flat Cap Piper. The YouTube channel is the Flat Cap Piper. One, uh, no, no, the in there, just Flat Cap Piper on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube channel is about three years old, but I don't care about that. Um, uh, the my my next set of questions are specifically designed for for you, Lady Fire. Uh, okay. What can we in what can what can we us husbands do or our male spouses do to get our significant others possibly interested in smoking a pipe? I think that um, what got me interested was how much he was into it and um, showing me the different kind of pipes and educating me uh, through the whole process. Um, not forcing me. Um, and, uh, but it was more his interest and desire and, and the doing the YouTube channel, actually his, his excitement got me excited. Okay. And when you're picking out a pipe for you, what, what kind of appeals to you? Is it size, shape, design, anything in particular? Good question. I usually like filter. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like a long stem. I don't like the smoke hitting my face, like, right away, if I can help it. And uh, I like a small bowl. And does the finish? And, and, and of course, if it has a beautiful design and, and they have put a lot of work into it and it, and it appeals to me at the uh, a more feminine side, mm-hmm. for me, that's the, that's the cherry on top. Does the finish of the pipe matter, you know, smooth or rusticated, or do you have a preference? Not really, not really. As long as it, it follows those specifications, it doesn't, the finish is not, doesn't matter at all. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, and I, and I hope I know the answer to it, but okay. do you like pipes that are different colors? I, you know what, there's such a variety of pipes. I don't like the big bulky ones, uh, uh, but it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the color. Um, I think I'm more into the shape. I do like right. where they have that little, the, 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 the leather. I like the leather uh, on them. I think that that's kind of, I like leather. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of cute. I just like different kind of types uh, of pipes, uh, not the boring usual same you know it doesn't have designs and colors and yeah i I like to embellish them a little bit if they can (laughs) so so if a pipe maker makes a pink pipe it's not automatically going to appeal to you as a lady because it's pink it it depends on what it looks like if just because you paint it pink doesn't (laughs) it could be a more male looking pipe and, and i find it more attractive yeah so you just you just like pipes Period. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, how often do you get to smoke a pipe? Is it a daily thing or just a couple times a week? I will say a couple times a week. Now that we have moved from a home to an apartment, it's been more difficult um, because, matter of fact, they were they just caught somebody. They were smoking in specifically our floor, and we were trying to see how on earth we're going to see if we could sneak in. So now we're going to have to wait mm-hmm. because they can kick you out. So it's a little harder now. But I will say a couple of times a week. Uh, that would be great. But I I 
the best part of it is joining my husband and spending quality time and it's just relaxing and we bond yeah yeah no it's something to look forward to to do together and correct uh and for you flat cap how often do you smoke a pipe or are you are you sneaking out on the balcony no i'm not able on this place uh like i said she said it's been a different going from our house where you know we smoke whatever we wanted to in my own room any 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 room because we you know we love the smell to an apartment that is so restricted that you can't even smoke a hundred feet from any building oh good so yeah we're trying to uh we bought a a little um, Chinese uh, wall thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was my idea. I said, we'll put something so they cannot see us. Now we're trying to get a set of air filter. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to wait. We're, we're figure out something. <laughs> so because I like to smoke at least a couple of times, if not more a week. Uh, it just relaxes me. And, uh, and sometimes I go on a spree that I may smoke, you know, many days in a row. Uh, just because of the relaxing feature that I'm looking forward to. It's almost like, oh, I miss, I miss this. I miss being able to just light it up and um, and just sit down. And so now, Brian, we're not going to give you guys the address where we live. <laughs> they tell on our people that <laughs> they'll kick us out. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll talk about the time. You know what? Not long ago, we went to a friend of mine's. That was like a treat for us. Um, it was her anniversary, and she, her husband smokes... Um, Cigars, cigars. And she allowed us to bring uh, our pipes there. And we converted uh, him. He converted <laughs> almost everybody in this. I, I gave away, gave away five pipes. Everybody wanted pipes. Everybody wanted to learn. Um, I, pretty much everybody learned except this lady who she was a vapor. And she insisted in bringing the smoke all the way down her throat. And, uh, yeah, it, it, she was very unsuccessful at it. No matter how much I told her, she couldn't do that. I, but I think it. in her defense that she may have a few glasses of wine too oh, many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paying attention to you. <laughs> but yeah. it was a hit. And uh, actually, we, we, we made a new pie-smoking friend now because yeah. he loved it. He wants more. He wants to learn more about it. And this is a, this is a many, many years cigar smoker. Um, probably around sixty years old. You were saying he's, he's probably yeah. around that age. Yes, and he wants to go now with me to Vegas because he, he wants to know more. I know. <laughs> You're he, the teacher. Wants to go on the trip to Vegas. So oh, we really made a, a new pie smoker for sure. Yeah, she's uh, her her. My friends sent pictures of him uh, sitting after the party. He said, "My well, you converted him." Here's a picture. He's he smoking. I'm going outside to smoke my pipe. <laughs> <laughs> So how does that work? Do you bring an extra pipe or two with you for, you know, to leave with friends? Yeah, actually, this time I uh, I kind of, you know, knew what was going on. So I brought my satchel and I actually put, I think, five or six briar pipes, um, you know, um, pipes that I was thinking maybe of one day giving away or selling. Um, but there were some nice ones. There were some, you know, bulldog shapes and they were all nice pipes. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I thought, hey, if they're interested in it, uh, I'll just give it to them, and that way they can they can have their first pipe be a good pipe. So let's talk about the YouTube channel. Uh, why did you start it? Um, I really don't know why actually I started the YouTube channel, per se. I think um, it was a combination of me enjoying the hobby and watching mutton shop and um i remember watching the guy from the pipe nook before he had mm-hmm. the pipe nook um um eddie gray and i i thought you know what i want to share this and i think um knowing that i i, I didn't know anybody that pipe smoke i kind of wanted to smoke with friends kind of virtually yeah and so I remember, you know, my first video was just that, just me. You know, I put on the camera and, and I was hoping that someone else would kind of kind of talk, you know, and we could talk while smoking a pipe. Um, so I think that was the first thing. Other things evolved after that, but it was kind of meeting friends in a way um, because in the little time that I lived at that time, there was there was no pipe smoking, no, no pipe store, no, nothing to that effect. What are your favorite kinds of videos to do? 
Oh man, I I think uh, right now is 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 the pop in the tin because I get to do it with with my wife here, um, and we we have fun. I mean, we actually laugh. Sometimes we 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 are laughing so much we have to kind of sometimes edit it out. Sometimes we don't, <laughs> but we, yeah. we we have fun, and uh, and that makes it special. Uh, I do enjoy going to the pipe shows and and actually you know doing those type of videos, but those are actually work. Uh, yeah. Those are those 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 are hard work. Uh, we, we we finish exhausting, but the the pop in the tin where I get to try a blend I never tried before with her, uh, those are fun. So I I think those are my favorite for sure. When you're doing the popping the tin, are you are you actually opening the tin right there on the channel, or have you opened it oh. and then kind of previewed the tobacco? No. Absolutely, no, that's what makes it that's what makes it fun. It's a it's a blend that we've never tried before, and uh, that's that's our first everything you know popping and everything so that and smoking it yeah so that it could be very uh, unscripted and I think that's what I think that's what's fun for me to see what's gonna be her reaction to it and my reaction to it um, yeah I like it that way better uh, so yeah from the beginning we decided that that's what we're gonna do just kind of. Just do everything there, you know, have have that first experience live uh, where we're experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, it, it seems more honest. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, the videos that I like the most are the ones where you guys are actually at those pipe shows or those pipe events and walking around. <laughs> and, and even like la last year's NASPC show in Ohio, you guys were there. I was there and I saw stuff on your video that I didn't get to see in person. So. Well, I mean, we, of course, once we do them and we see them again, we obviously enjoy them, but they are work. I mean, I remember yeah. after one over hours and hours recording, we were exhausted. We went up in bed up to the, to take a, one of our naps and, and the nap lasted so long. We missed out on some people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ones actually are traveling. Did, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you mean sharing with people's places right here in the States, you don't have to go that far and in like Niagara Falls and going to Vegas and like the pipe show that we yeah, did. Yeah, yes, pipe this shows, week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Here we go. And we meet new friends. That's a good thing. We meet people is so so different. Um, knowing them online and just reading their texts and whatever, and just meeting them in person. I still have not met an obnoxious uh, pipe smoker. Everybody's so yeah. nice. I'm sure there's so much. They're so happy. I somewhere. think that everybody should be smoking a pipe because you guys are so happy. <laughs> I, I've always said, you know, I've been in this for 25 plus years now, and there's only about five people that I know of in the 25 years that I don't want to sit down at dinner with. Yeah, I have not met one yet. Luckily me, I guess. Well, maybe I've only been here for three years, so that's probably why. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Well, and you have the advantage of being a lady, and I don't can't imagine any of us not wanting to be around a lady when it comes to a whole bunch of bearded fat guys with pipes. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> I won't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the flat cap. How does how does a a kid that grows up in Puerto Rico get fascinated with a British style flat cap? Oh yes. Well, actually, my grandfather there, um, his um, his background is from uh, the island of Corsica. Okay. And ever since I remember, he wore a flat cap, and so um, he was bald. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah. But uh, he uh, he wore his flat cap every day, and then after that, my dad, you know, I guess took up on it and, and wore his flat caps too. And so I, I, I had that kind of in my head, how, how cool they look, I thought, with flat caps. So we have three generations. So, so I'm, the, yeah, I'm the third generation flat cap, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And then I guess you can go out in public and not have the hat on, and nobody will recognize you from YouTube. Maybe, hey, maybe that, 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 that works too, both ways, too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he wears it most of the time, except in bed. <laughs> um, he can take it off. <laughs> uh, we don't I want. Truly, 
really I, like the flat cap. I mean, not only for the channels, I actually wear it. Well, you look cute on with it, so. There you go. <laughs> So, do you have different one? Do you have some uh, summer flat caps and winter ones in different colors? Oh yeah, I have a big, big collection. I mean, we 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 were just putting them in different bins because we we have so little room in this apartment that we are trying to find even a place for the flat caps. <laughs> but yeah, different colors. Uh, some that are yeah that are hot, so that you can actually you have to wear them more in the winter, yeah. and some that are just yeah lighter and and with mesh, so that you can wear them in the summer. Yeah. All right, this question's for uh, for Lady Fire. Uh, when you guys are getting ready to travel, who takes? Does it take you longer to pick out your clothes than it does for uh, for him to pick out his flat caps to bring? What do you think? <laughs> My I, goodness, I I really traveling takes me hours <laughs> because I match everything. Um, but I'm, and I'm very specific. I need to have everything in a bag and, um, I have to have my, what I'm going to wear, jewelry, everything in one bag. So I divide everything. So when I get to the next, to the hotel, I just have to take the bag out for every day, what I'm wearing every time and every day. Uh, but I also help my husband, but he is very simple. Uh, he's easier. Of course, he don't wear makeup, and uh, he doesn't have to do much hair <laughs> or jewelry. Uh, all he all he cares about is like where where he takes a long time. Is like the other day when we were going to the party, uh, he had to be very selective of every pipe, cleaned every pipe, and he just <laughs> sat there for hours. And I said, "Well, he's taking as long as I am taking putting, you know." my my outfits together <laughs> so so between yeah so yeah all right so the pipes take a little bit long yeah that makes sense it works for me uh, so we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer okay. no wrong answer we'll we'll uh, we'll do this ladies first okay and then we'll go back and forth so lady fire what is your favorite pipe um, I would say maybe a Prince style. And, and then for your other half there, what is your favorite pipe? Like, and we don't care. So just, you know, go ahead and say I, whatever. Like a, more of, of the calabash set shape. Ooh. Uh, what is Lady Fire's favorite tobacco? I would say, uh, Carter Hall. But, but actually, well, that would be. For now, because I haven't tried every single uh, tobacco, but for now, that's 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 it. Yeah. And uh, flat cap. What's your favorite tobacco? Old Toby. Wow, those are. I think those are two that we have not had as an answer on the show in five hundred weeks. Uh, See what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lady Fire, what is your favorite drink? Um, actually, wines will be it for me. I I like a rosé. Um, I can also ha like the a cab uh, with Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, yeah, wines. I I like wine. Have you uh, have you tried pairing wines with different pipe tobaccos? I think that with uh, tobacco, uh, you should go with a white whites mm -hmm. and uh, rosé. They're um, they're they're more cool. They're cooler. They're not as strong, so when um, I smoked about, uh, smoked my pipe, uh, I tried to go through the wines like a Pinot Grigio, um, Chardonnay, something like that. It's a little bit cooler, not as strong. And I tried to have them a little, uh, on the fridge or a little bit, so they they're also cool. Yeah. And uh, flat cap. What's your favorite drink? Skolas actually stress reliever and. Uh, Probably have to look it up, but <laughs> it it has rum, and and I I like I'm more of a of a rum kind of mixed oh. drinks, um, mm -hmm. something a little bit of sweet on it. Um, those are usually my my favorite drinks. Yeah. Well, that would make sense coming from Puerto Rico, where the largest rum distillery in the world is. Bacardi, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lady Fire, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Music. And the same question for the world-famous Flat Cap Piper. Book. 
Okay, now you two are relaxing in different places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can put them together. That's okay. And then uh, finally, do each one of you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? You go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking here. I think the the one that comes to my mind was the first time I tried uh, Frogmont, Frogmorton Cellar. For some mm -hmm. reason, that was, I don't know, I still remember it as opening it up and having that little uh, barrel cube there and the smell. It, it just, it will still be in my mind as one of the most pleasant experience ever of, you know, opening a, a tin and, and smoking a, a, a pipe tobacco. So. Wow. Yeah. I think mine was when we were in the Florida room or outside of my house and you were introducing me to uh, smoking okay. uh, the pipe. And um, that was a good bonding experience. Yes. Yeah. 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 We had fun. Uh. <laughs> you know, if, if actually, if I had to pick a second one, this is also a memorable thing. Mm -hmm. One day I was smoking a pipe and I came home from work and she smell you know like my face and said oh you've been smoking a pipe i like that and she gave me a kiss and i said again this this lady's a keeper <laughs> i know because <laughs> i i have to say his breath and his mouth smell good to me <laughs> my my wife says oh you smell like my grandpa <laughs> <laughs> okay well I, I hope that's good so uh, again, the YouTube channel is Flat Cap Piper. A uh, couple, what do you, uh, over 100 videos over the past three years. Uh, lots of fun, so do check them out. Thank you very much for joining me on the show, and uh, I'll, I'll see you guys in Vegas. Yeah, thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you for having us. Looking forward to meeting you in person, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Do go on to YouTube and uh, subscribe and like and do all that stuff you're supposed to for uh, Flat Cap Piper. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch them as a couple do, the, do their, uh, their YouTube stuff. So check them out. All right, for music, I uh, got inspired. And we're going back to uh, Malcolm Geit. And this is a song called Moonlight off of Malcolm's 2011 album, Dancing Through the Fire. Moonlight with the passing years Holds her silence still for me Breathing in my bridal fear Stirring in my memory These wild golden leaves are falling These wild lakes and rivers free Swiftly sailing 
into dark and bitter seas. Still her silver waves are breaking, moved by passion, Diane Ruth, now embracing And drowning fools, dying gods and drowning fools. Silence with the passing. Hardly holds a peace for me Fading laughter, falling tears Overwhelm my memory poet known as the Reverend Dr. Malcolm Geit never seems to disappoint. There is a message for you. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or go to PipesMagazine.com and post it on the radio show page or on the uh, listing in the forums. There's several ways to do it. Just go there, sign up. And uh, going back to last week's show with uh, with Doug and uh, George Debos writes, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how Brian manages to capture the essence of people on his show. I say pleasantly because the entertainment biz in general is about selling stuff first, and whether or not things are presented literally truthfully is secondary. I've met some TV show types who've explained how editing can be used to make anyone appear good, evil, etc., whatever they want. And since what the audience hears is literally the speaker's own words, they think it's the truth. Anyway, that sort of thing is not how Brian works at all. I'm sure because I've known a number of his interview subjects for many years and have never caught even a whiff of edit games. What you hear is what you get to audioize the... the <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Uh, then he says, bravo. Uh, as for Doug, yep, he's mellow, laid back, very bright, and has a delightful sense of humor, has superhuman 3D reasoning and tool sense. And I've never known him to get upset by anything. He's also He also is a competition-level barbecue chef and likes cats in general and Savannah cats in particular. I have two of his pipes, and they are spectacular. They are also distinctively unique without being gimmicky in the slightest. Uh, that he made them both within two years of starting to carve is flat-out astonishing. The only other guy I can think of who got up to speed that fast was is Micah Kreider. Uh, and then he posted a link to one of them, and he said, uh, So again, great job, Brian. When I heard Doug was coming on your show, I wondered if a soft-spoken, modest, gentle-humored guy could even be interviewed in a way that engaged and entertained a radio audience, I needn't have worried. Well, thank you, George. Uh, and then Bluegrass Brian said, had a good time last Saturday at the show. He's talking about the NASPC show. Saw Brian with his phone camera live streaming outside. Is that video viewable anywhere? YouTube? Uh, yes, it is. It is available at the Virtual Pipe Club on uh, YouTube, and it would be for that Saturday. Uh, and it starts about um, 30 minutes into the video. Uh, and then he said, uh, had a pipe and chatted a bit with Tyler Beard. That was pleasant. Just dawned on me while listening today that Wayne Powers is who he is. I remember when he was interviewed on the radio show, I bought a, a great tin from him over the weekend and we chatted a bit. What an engaging gentleman. Yeah, it was fun to meet him. Uh, and then... Uh, 
uh, George and uh, Casey goes doing a little back and forth. And uh, Jay Smitty says, it is always nice to hear from new pipe makers and get an idea of their background as oftentimes it dictates their pipe making philosophy. I'll have to check out Doug's pipes on Instagram and at the next pipe show that I can make it to. It sounds like his attention to detail regarding stems is particularly welcome. Regarding the NASPC show, I had similar sentiments as you, Brian. I walked in with a pocket full of cash, only to walk out with two tins that I shouldn't have paid that much for. It was great seeing everyone, though, and that's more important than the deals. Thanks again, Brian, for a great show. You are very welcome. Uh, and then uh, the always uh, posting Dino says... Thanks for your in-depth review of the NASPC show. It was fun to meet Doug. He's an engaging fellow with an interesting path to pipe making. I wish him good luck and good fortune among our great American pipe carvers. While Jay has a powerful blues rock vocal style, it didn't work for me on this cover. The, the guitar work was very nice, but Mr. Buchanan's vocals was, for me, way too over the top. <laughs> Thank you for a nice shout out to your listeners in the rave and for always for an always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. And then uh, Casey Ghost says, great review of the NASPC show. Jeff and Eddie do a tremendous job on the show. Uh, they seem to draw a very large crowd every year. I don't know why these people come to the show, come, but the show really pulls them in. It really helps that they have millions of people within a three-hour drive of them. Yeah, it does. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, great interview with Doug. I thought that this interview would be really tough because Doug is so introverted. Uh, you'd end up talking to yourself. Doug did a nice job of telling us about the people that helped him. I know that he got a lot of constructive comments regarding shaping lines and how to make stems. George Debos is an absolute master of the topic, and he helped Doug quite a bit. Uh, I hope you'd play a piece of Olivia singing it, but was not to be. <laughs> I can be bribed. I can be bribed. Um, all right, over on iTunes. Uh, so uh, Mike sent me an email because he said, Hello, Brian, I've tried to leave a couple Apple iTunes reviews, but never see them show up. So I thought I'd just email it to you instead. Well, it's there. I can see it, and I appreciate it. Go on to iTunes and leave us a uh, five-star rating and review. Much appreciated. Anyway, Mike says, I just want to say thanks to you and all involved for all the hard work that goes into creating new content week in and week out. While every episode interests me greatly in one way or another, especially your recent musings on coffee, your interviews with two people in particular really moved me, and I've listened to each one several times. First, the interview with, our, with author Mark Dion was just excellent. He stirred my emotions with his vision of the brotherhood-sisterhood of pipe smokers coming home after a long day and finding a time of deep peace smoking a pipe. That place where we all meet. I thought that was just beautiful. I cannot wait to read, to read for, uh, more from Mark. Uh, second, your interview with Reverend Dr. Malcolm Geit, and that inspired the music was just so rich. As a pastor myself, I particularly resonated with the spiritual aspects of smoking a pipe that came through in his words. Pipe smoking is for me, first and foremost, a spiritual endeavor as well as an art form. So what a treat to hear a spiritual poet speak to its meaning in his own life. I just loved it. Thanks again for your podcast and all the work that obviously goes into it. It is a true highlight of my week and many other hours as I listen to old gems from the past 500 episodes. Sincerely, Mike McMillan, Mike McMillan of Florida. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, and then Tor from Spokane says, I have really been enjoying the episodes with Fred. Man, the stuff he knows and seen is great. Wow, that Saturday Zoom is packed with some stellar people. Uh, the English estate info was good to know, so will, the, will there be a run on barlings in the, in the estates? <laughs> I can't promise that. Don't know. I've heard tell that, uh, you know, that prices do go up when I start talking about stuff, but doesn't seem to work on my stuff. Uh, and then finally, uh, Jay Freedy writes... Hey, Brian, I bought a 13-year-old tin of Reiner Blend 71 Virginia Flake from Steve Fallon a few months back. 
It comes in a 100 gram paint can style tin that you have to pry off the lid each time you open it. This seems, uh, this seems a lot more airtight than typical tins. I'm thinking of how long paint lasts in a can if you always reseal the lid properly. My question is, can I safely keep this tobacco in its tin for a long time, like a year or so, or do I need to immediately transfer it into a jar like all my other open tins? Thanks for the great weekly show. I appreciate your expertise and willingness to help out your fellow pipe tobacco enthusiast, Jay Freedy. All right, here's my answer on the paint cans. Uh, they're terrible. They are absolutely terrible. So, and, and what happens in the factory is they come with the lid and the foil lining on, and then they're loaded through the bottom, and then the tobacco is dropped in and a little air pressure is put in there. Our little vacuum seal is put in there and then the bottom is put on in the factory. So that foil can be a very, very, very weak part of the paint can. Uh, also that paint can lid just, it's just a friction fit. There's no, uh, there's no threads to it. No, nothing. So I've had paint can tobaccos that I've tried to age for years and what happens? Well, they just, become bad and dry uh, so if anybody is aging especially that reiner long golden flake because that's some beautiful stuff if you're aging that boy i'd get it out of those paint cans as soon as possible and put it into jars uh, and once you open it forget it i'd put it in a jar right away because that paint can every time you pry it open you're bending that lid and you're bending the seal and every time you close it you're bending it back so not a fan of the paint can lids uh, they're quick and easy for filling, but that's about it. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rave time coming up. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. started this show one of the things i said you know way back yonder uh one of the things i said if you remember was uh i wanted to do this show because of some of the people on youtube you know like the guy sitting in the truck saying hey there youtube i'm just sitting here in my truck having myself pipe how y'all doing uh, remember that well you know what i need to retract that and uh well maybe for 10 years ago that was right but now let me tell you there are some top quality people that are on youtube uh, like Flat Cap Piper and many others that are doing really good YouTube presentations, presenting pipes and tobaccos, presenting their opinions, having great discussions on YouTube. There's a lot of good, really good YouTube presenters, and we need to, uh, you know what, we need to shout them out. And you know what, if they, if they mention the evil word of tobacco on there, well, they have no chance of getting any revenue from YouTube. They're just doing those shows just for fun and for the enjoyment. So, uh, you know what? Go over there, spend some time on YouTube, give them a few likes here and there, and uh, let's support all forms of pipe smoking social media, whether it be uh, YouTubers or Instagrammers or, uh, you know, uh, podcasters. I guess there's a few of us. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, you know, the YouTube guys, there's some people over there that are doing a really good job now. And, uh, it's not like it was 10 years ago. I mean, you can go over there and you can find real good, solid discussions, good production quality, good sound quality, uh, good intros, uh, people traveling and talking about 
pipe places that they've been to or pipe shows that they've been to. So just a ton of information over on YouTube and a ton of really good YouTube pipe presenters over there. So thank you for all your work that you guys do. All right. uh, Remember, new shows of the Pipes Magazine radio show. New episodes come out every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. They're there for eternity unless you're on certain uh certain certain podcast providers so if you want to hear if you want to make sure that you get all every episode make sure you're checking in on pipesmagazine.com and uh, that's where the entire back catalog is there for you to listen to be generous with me when you go back to the old ones all right thank you very much to jeff for joining me thank you to uh flat cap and uh, lady piper for joining me Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. About the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Host is so long-winded he couldn't say hello in ten words or less.